0: It's time to get the most in-depth coverage of University of Tennessee football recruiting with Football Futures. Now, here's Josh Ward. Welcome into Football Futures. Thank you for being here this evening. My name is Josh Ward. I'm with you for the next half hour. Eric Kane will take over coming up at 7.30 with the Big Orange Hotline set to begin at 8 o'clock tonight. Tennessee with a big win against Kentucky on the road. The Vols rallied. The Vols held off the Wildcats to get the win. Well, that was a big deal for Tennessee, not just because Tennessee got the win, but continuing to show the progress that Tennessee has made and to make that kind of stop at the end, I thought it said something. Coming up here on the show in just a moment, you'll hear from Jesse Simonton of allquest.com. He is going to stop by the show as he does each Monday, and we'll talk about Tennessee's past week in recruiting. Tennessee missed on Jay Hardy. Tennessee landed a couple of commitments in the 2020 class as well as one in the 21 class. We'll cover that as well as... The future of the defensive line. I'm going to talk to Jesse about that because I do think that's a positive for Tennessee. That's coming up here in just a moment. And then in segment number two, the continued development of Tennessee's program, the locker room, the leadership. Daniel Batuli talking about how Tennessee has held it together despite the disappointing start to the season. I'll get to that in the second segment of Football Futures, which is here every Monday evening from seven until seven thirty. Eric Kane from seven thirty until eight. And then the big orange hotline on FM ninety-nine one, the sports animal. I want to welcome to the show now, Jesse Simonton of Volquest.com, covering what's going on with Tennessee on the football field as well as on the recruiting trail. And uh, Jesse, I appreciate the time as always. You can follow him on Twitter at Jesse R. E. Simonton. Jesse, I want to start with the, the football field as Tennessee has continued to win some games. And the, the win at Kentucky was a big finish with Jarrett Garantano helping on offense, Juwan Jennings, Mark West Calloway, Daniel Batuli, 19 tackles, a lot of butch guys that are left over. And well, there aren't that many left over, but the guys who are here, they're helping right now with Tennessee being in this position that it's in.
1: They are. I mean, I had, a you know, my, my big Sunday post game column that I do each week kind of breaking down the film the way, the way I've kind of always done it. I've, I kind of do it. A, a, um a little intro column type deal before really kind of getting into the nitty-gritty of the game. And I, I kind of complimented a bunch of the guys you named it even more. I mean, I think, you know, it may surprise some fans when you kind of go down the roster just the, the amount. I, I, you know, joked of the Butch Jones orphans, but just the guys that have really found a home, you know, with, with this kind of second coming uh with Jeremy Pruitt. And, it, and it's the, the headliners like the Nigel Warriors, JGs, Darrell Taylor's, but it's also, I mean, Tennessee got major contributions on Saturday at Kentucky from Latrell Bumpthist. Obviously, Brent Magley has been one of the best kickers. Josh Palmer came up big. Sean Schamberger, Austin Pope, um, Matthew Butler, Theo Jack. You know, Jalen McCullough struggles, gets pulled. Theo Jackson comes in, um, plays well, calls a timeout that kind of saved the fourth down when Tennessee was misaligned. So, uh, I think that group. Of, I think that group of guys specifically just all these guys that have been able to kind of stick it out. They've persevered. This was a group that did not know how to win for several years, and now they've put together and really uh, obviously with the Toa Toas and, the, and Aubrey Solomon, some guys that, that, that Jeremy has brought in, have certainly helped. But the foundation of this team right now in um, this turnaround, you know, from the 0-2 start to where they are today, you know, sitting with a real chance, I think, to go 7-5 and five and get to a bowl game in Florida, which seems – you know, just inexplicable when, when you talk about how the season began, um, it is a credit to a lot of these guys who have stuck it out and, and are veterans um, and may not be here a year from now. And that that's what's kind of interesting. You know, they're kind of laying this foundation for what the future could look like. And now it's going to be up to some of these younger guys and the recruits that Tennessee's trying to bring in, Bring in, excuse me, to kind of continue on, uh, you know, this identity that, that Jeremy Pruitt and his team has created.
0: Yeah, it has been quite a turnaround. You're right, from where things were. After the first couple of weeks of the season or the first month of the season, Jesse Simonson of AllQuest.com. So on the recruiting trail, Jesse, there has been several news items since we last spoke. We'll, we'll start with the not so good for Tennessee. Well, it could be really bad, but Jay Hardy, he chose Auburn last week and uh, you and I, I think both would have said that Tennessee's the favorite there, but he goes to Auburn uh, with his commitment thoughts. When you hear that news, how that affects Tennessee's class with its recruitment on the defensive line.
1: Yeah, I mean, just a week ago we talked, you know, coming out of that Auburn visit on this very show, and I and I said I I you know um, I said that Tennessee, you know, thought that they they were still in position and they did, you know, that they, they, they certainly um, had gotten feedback from Hardy and his family that despite kind of Auburn making a real impression, that Tennessee still felt good there, uh, knew that the Tigers getting that final visit could make things hairy, and ultimately that's what it did. I mean, you know, Hardy. Ended up liking um, or connecting more, I guess you could say, uh, with Rodney Garner, who will be his position coach with the Tigers. Versus, uh, while well, he had a lot of respect and, and, and admiration for Kevin Share, that obviously wouldn't be the guy who would be personally coaching him at Tennessee. So I think you know that kind of tipped the scales for the Tigers. The fact that uh, even though Tennessee is, is moving in the right direction, Auburn just as a program in general is just kind of in a different. Uh, ladder rung um, than the balls right now, so that one's stung because that one's one that Tennessee had penciled in uh, for months now. You know, Hardy had kind of privately committed to the staff several times. Again, I always caution people: silent commits, you know, don't really mean a whole lot in this industry. Just because it, it's kind of easy to do anything and say anything um, when there's not a lot of uh, weight behind it. So missing out on a guy who's an in-state kid, a really productive player in high school. Projects as kind of an interior guy. Uh, I think Auburn sold him big time on the fact that, you know, um, Tennessee, it, it, this defensive line is playing well this year and, and they're going to have every single guy right now currently slated to return, plus adding Emmett Gooden back, whereas the Tigers are set to lose Derrick Brown, Davidson, and some other guys. So there's some, some opportunities there early on for playing time. Uh, and that, that was kind of a factor as well. So missing out on Hardy, four star. Tennessee now needs to regroup. I think that makes Lanning Tyler Barron, who tweeted out he could be coming to a decision, you know, sooner than later. That's one Tennessee's been waiting on for a while. Big O, Amari Thomas in Memphis now is almost a must get. And, you know, Tennessee was playing up in Kentucky on on Saturday, Josh, right in front of Octavius Oxendine, Dine, who that's a Tennessee-Kentucky battle. Kentucky's gotten him back on campus. Tennessee will work to kind of uh, do the same and he's set to make a decision that first day of the early signing period. Uh, in about a month, in December,
0: the defensive line can still be a, a real strength for Tennessee, couldn't it? Next year, if if the guys continue to progress, you mentioned Emmett Gooden coming back as well. I don't know that there's one standout star, but from a depth standpoint, Tennessee has to feel a lot better projecting forward than if we had had this conversation two months ago.
1: Absolutely, and and that's again, I think that that was kind of a, a new wrinkle, and and maybe why Auburn was able to. Uh, Kind of usurp Tennessee there for for Hardy in the recruitment because you look at this group and Tennessee's rotating you know six seven plus linemen each week. Karat Garland, redshirt freshman, playing a lot. Greg Emerson's playing about fifteen twenty snaps. You're getting a ton of uh, production uh, lately out of Darrell Middleton, Aubrey Solomon, um, Latrell Bumpus. You know some of these guys that I've mentioned, Matthew Butler, and so all those guys are set to return next season, and so. You know, I think Tennessee still hopes to sign as many as five or six defensive linemen just to continue to kind of uh, build that base in that room. But in terms of immediate playing time, it's not going to be there because I think Tennessee likes kind of the progression of the guys they currently have on campus.
0: So, Jesse, Jesse com. moving to the commitments Tennessee picked up. We'll go one by one, but uh, Kyrie Miller, offensive lineman, big kid out of Texas, gave his commitment to Tennessee last week.
1: Yeah, and that, that he was an interesting one, Josh. Just because Tennessee liked him, he's huge. Used to be four hundred pounds. He's down to about three sixty. He's about six three. Um, he's a guy that probably projects as a guard, but I think that Tennessee is hopeful uh, because of his aggression and he does have some pretty good uh, feet, longer arms than than his his height. Uh, that perhaps he could play some right tackle. So they add him to Spraggins, Robinson, and Cooper Mays, which is a nice group, physical group. Uh, I still think they're trying to go after a true, a true offensive tackle, uh, but there's just not a whole lot of options out there. We've talked about that before, so I think you're going to see more of these combo guys if they do add another lineman. Is it a Marcus Henderson from MUS in Memphis, Tennessee, still uh, fighting there? Look for him to get on campus either for the Vanderbilt game or in early December. Tennessee is – I've said this since, since he committed, uh, Josh, but Chris Morris is not going to shut things down, even though he's committed to Texas A&M. He was up at Kentucky this past weekend. He will be back at Tennessee probably for the Vandy game, but uh, could also be sometime in December. He'll sign uh, that first weekend and, or that first uh, signing period, that, that that Wednesday, Thursday, in December. Tennessee's still swinging there. Neither one of those guys are true tackles, though. Um, so it's kind of an interesting decision because of some of the needs elsewhere, but Tennessee likes what, you know, Kyrie Miller and just kind of his upside again, raw, uh, but huge. And they're obviously looking for just big size. I mean, Spragans Robinson and, and, and now Miller are, are all 320 plus pound
0: linemen. Chris Morris, is he like the 2020 white Well for Tennessee in recruiting? There's always one in the class. Could that be Chris Morris this year?
1: You know what? In terms of true white whales, I'm going to say that's Amari Thomas. Okay. Or maybe Darnell Washington. Uh, I would say those are probably the two the two ones I'd, I'd uh, give them that moniker. But but Morris is a guy that you know Tennessee has never stopped recruiting, um, and it, and his, his recruitment I think has plenty of twists and turns left before this thing's all said and done.
0: Okay, that makes sense. Uh Jamari Butler with the commitment late last week, uh really talented athlete looks like, uh developmental guy, but what do you think of the uh, the prospect Jamari Butler who committed to Tennessee last week?
1: Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't covering the balls when Tennessee got Dar- uh Darryl Taylor, but I think he does kind of remind me just in terms of the raw upside that Taylor had when 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 Butch Jones and that staff um got DT and that's, you know, when, when Taylor came to campus, I think he was 6'3", 6'4", whatever, but only 215 pounds, you know, played a lot of wide receiver in high school. Well, this is a kid in Butler that he did not play football from seventh grade uh, up until this season. He, he's a guy that was convinced he was going to be a high-level D1 basketball player, and he is a good basketball player, but he, he, that he just – you know, some folks finally told him, you know, if you want to really make it to the next level – I think he got a real shot at football. So he camped at a bunch of places this summer, including Tennessee. Really liked the vibe he got from the staff. He has some some interesting offers. I mean, you know, Nebraska, uh, Texas A&M, Maryland, some other schools, Ole Miss. There's, you know, I think Auburn and some other schools may be close to actually offering as well. So we'll see if that shakes up anything. But Tennessee did a good job um, to get in there early. They were one of his first offers. And then all these schools just kind of said, all right, well, let's, let's watch and evaluate how he kind of plays this season. Um, and he's had a fantastic, you know, senior year or first year really playing high school football, has close to 20 sacks, um, has just kind of wrecked havoc off the edge. Considering Tennessee's other options at outside linebacker and, and after BJ O'Jolari decommitted or flipped to LSU, you lose Jordan Davis. Not a lot of, you know, high upside players out there right now for Tennessee. And so taking a chance on Butler and kind of grabbing a guy that again, it may have, may take some developmental, uh, Years, but has legitimately a high uh, high ceiling. Um, it was a good pickup for the balls.
0: And then uh, Nate Evans commits in the 2021 class. You you've talked about hey, there's a lot going on there as well. Anything to add with him or uh, other takeaways over the last few days in the recruiting trail for Tennessee?
1: Another camp guy. You know, he's uh, you now the timing for Nate Evans was funny, Josh. Just because you know a lot of the staff hit the road on Sunday. Uh, with the bye week, so they'll be out and about seeing top targets, also seeing some underclassmen. Um, So there wasn't a whole bunch of coaches in town, and yet Nate Evans was actually on a visit, unofficial visit to Tennessee on Sunday. He commits. He camped over the summer. um, Virginia Beach kid. He has, you know, some of those Potomac offers, Virginia, Maryland, Virginia Tech, some other schools, but I think he really wanted to play in the SEC. Kentucky had also offered him. long corner impressed uh jeremiah wilson one of tennessee's secondary quality control coaches and then derek ansley in a private workout this summer um so interesting pickup you know you can never kind of start too early so tennessee gets in there i think he's number three or four in the 2021 class um and that that's one i think we talked about it a week or two ago you know the the, the, the focus will really shift to those guys um come january especially what they can do at the quarterback position just because so many guys have already come off the board
0: there is a lot happening with tennessee football right now as you can tell on the field with a couple of games to go and on the recruiting trail and jesse simonton is covering it com is where you can read his work and you can follow him on twitter at jesse re simonton jesse thank you for the time as always i really appreciate it
1: absolutely thanks for having me josh
0: Jesse Simonton of VolQuest. Appreciate him taking time, as always. Coming up in the next segment, Daniel Batuli talking about Tennessee holding it together. He's a senior. He's a guy that is looking at his final couple of games at Tennessee in the regular season, likely three games remaining for him now at Tennessee with the bowl game very much a strong possibility. But talking about the players not giving up after a disappointing start, and that could mean something really positive for Tennessee's future. That's coming up next on Football Futures. My name's Josh Ward. You're listening to FM ninety nine point one, the sports animal. The future of college football. Now back to your host, Josh Ward. Welcome back into Football Futures. My name is Josh Ward. Thank you for being here as Eric Kane is going to take over coming up at 7:30, and the big orange hotline will be here for you at eight o'clock. Football Futures covering what's going on with Tennessee on the recruiting trail. But I also thought here in the final segment. I take a look at what's happened this season as what Tennessee has done over the last month and a half or so, and and really year two for Jeremy Pruitt. It was set up to be a big season for the future of Tennessee football. And the start of the season made it look really bad for how things might go moving forward. But to Tennessee's credit, that's the coaches, that's the players, everybody involved, they have really turned things around this season. And we still need to see how things close out. You know, if Kentucky gets into the end zone there at the end, we wouldn't be having as positive of a conversation today, but Tennessee did get that stop, and if Tennessee's able to go get a win at Missouri, if at the very least Tennessee goes 1-1 one one in the final two games, if Tennessee does lose at Missouri but beats Vanderbilt, Tennessee is still in a much better position than it expected to be early on this year. After... Tennessee got off to the really bad start that it did. At some point, the SP-plus projection had Tennessee with an 8% chance of getting to a bowl game. Tennessee's likelihood of getting to a bowl game now is much greater. Tennessee could get to a bowl game in Florida now, which is a conversation we did not expect to have. And I think a big part of the conversation is the way that players have helped lead the way with Tennessee's football team this year. That's the veteran players. There are not a ton of seniors that are playing for Tennessee right now. But you do have a good number of third, fourth, and fifth-year players who are playing a lot of football for Tennessee. And the way that they have developed, I think, has really helped Tennessee's football team. And then younger players like Henry Toa, Wanya Morris, Darnell Wright, several others, they have played a good amount of football and they have helped Tennessee go win these football games. And Daniel Batuli, Saturday after the game against Kentucky, talked about the way that they've improved, the way that they stuck together after a really disappointing start. Listen to what Daniel Batuli said Saturday night after beating Kentucky.
1: We're resilient. We're a family. You know, when the, when the world was against us at the start of the season, uh, we, we stayed close. We motivated each other. We stayed in each other's uh, ears just uh, just trying to get guys' heads up. And because of that, uh, we're getting the outcome that we're getting right now. We're winning games. And uh, in order to win these next next two games that are coming up, we got to do the same thing. Just follow Coach Pruitt's lead. He knows what he's doing. We all know his track record, record, and we plan on doing that.
0: Tennessee linebacker Daniel Batuli. He's a guy that I think is a great example of somebody who has bought in, stuck it out, fought through injury at the start of the year, and has also played really well for Tennessee, and and that's a big part of this as well. Daniel Batuli has continued to develop, and he's a player with plenty of talent. He was not the most highly rated guy when he signed with Tennessee in the 2016 class. But Batuli was a four-star prospect out of high school, and there are a number of players, Juwan Jennings, Marquez Callaway, Trey Smith, Jarrett Garantano, that were really well thought of. Nigel Warrior was a big-time recruit when he signed with Tennessee four years ago. It's taken some time for a few of these players to develop. Daniel's played a good amount of football over the last few years, and and. Very early on in his career, there were signs of this guy could be a really good player. And his performance against Kentucky, 19 tackles against the Wildcats, huge performance to help lead the Vols. Daniel had more solo tackles on Saturday than any of his teammates had combined tackles. So uh, it just says a lot about what he's done. But the comments he's making there, Tennessee being a family, over the last two to three years, I don't know how much that was felt. But as this season has gone along, there have been more reasons to believe that's the case. The way that Juwan Jennings has come back from where he was in his life a couple of years ago to now being a leader of Tennessee's football team on the field but off of it as well. And I think that has reached a number of the players on the team, and Daniel is not going to be here next year. Juwan Jennings is going to be gone. Daryl Taylor's leaving after this year. Trey Smith likely to leave Tennessee after this season. So what those guys have done to help lead the Vols, has to be passed down to some of the younger players. And then on the defensive line, you do return a lot of players like we were talking about a few minutes ago, so they can continue to build on what they've been doing. At linebacker, Henry To'o To'o likely takes the reins at that position group. Let's see what Kovaris Crouch can do as well next year as, as he gets more experience and has more of an understanding. He's a player that can probably benefit from more ball practice time just because he's still learning how to play linebacker, and they're still trying to figure out exactly where Crevaris fits in exactly. So beating South Carolina and Mississippi State and Kentucky does not mean that all of a sudden Tennessee is going to go 10-2 and two next year. But in terms of trying to put the program together, the word culture gets thrown out a lot. Seeing Tennessee play and progress the way that it has this season, that has to at least create more optimism about what Tennessee might be able to do moving forward. Realistically, this is a recruiting show. Realistically, Tennessee... Needs to recruit more talent, and Tennessee needs to recruit at a higher level. Tennessee needs to miss less often on guys like Jay Hardy, who committed to Auburn last week, and guys like Tate Ratledge, who Tennessee went after earlier in the recruiting process, Raheem Jarrett. Tennessee needs to win more of those recruiting battles, but you also need your culture to be in the right place. You need players to develop. You need players to be on the same page as their coaches. And right now, I think there are more reasons to believe that that's the case for Tennessee than if we had this conversation six to eight weeks ago. And let's see what Tennessee does in the next couple of weeks. Beating Missouri on the road would be another sign that things are in the right place for Tennessee. And then you have Vanderbilt for the final game of the season. And I don't have to tell you how much Tennessee needs to win that one. It's a fun time for Tennessee fans right now. The Vols have an off week, which I'm sure they appreciate. And then they'll get ready for Missouri next week. I'll be back with Football Futures next Monday from 7 until 7.30. Eric Kane is coming up next with the big orange hotline at eight o'clock on FM ninety nine one the Sports.